It's going to be party on at Neyland Stadium for years to come. That's Danny White's plan as Tennessee Athletics has recently revealed that it is going to uh, move toward a ballpark-style village next to Neyland Stadium at the G10 Garage. Of course, this uh, coincides with uh, previously revealed plans for a pedestrian bridge for a boutique hotel in the uh, Neyland Stadium era area. Welcome into the Volunteer State, our podcast for the Knoxville News Sentinel. I'm Blake Topmeyer with Adam Sparks and John Adams. And guys, might be a slow part in the uh, in the football calendar here, but that just means uh, football business happenings and uh, be a party pad outside Neyland sometime sometime soon, right, Adam? Yeah, and it's important for people to understand sort of the the different phases of this. Um, it, this isn't one thing. Um, it, yes, it's the Neyland Entertainment District, but the hotel is what was presented first. We knew about this back in February. It was part of Tennessee's uh, 10-year plan, but more so their five-year plan. So the hotel is one thing that will be on the south end of Neyland Stadium. Uh, it'll also involve condos possibly on the same site, um, a conference center. Um, but that's one thing. And then the longer term thing is what more of what we're referring to as the entertainment district, which is possibly a restaurant, maybe plural restaurants, uh, retail, uh, think, uh, an area where you could do watch parties, things like that. So it's, it's we don't know the phases of this yet because they're still in the exploratory phase. Um, they're just now trying to get developers to give them an idea. And a lot of the a lot of the brainstorming right now about concepts is really, really general. Um, but. But at least where we're starting, it's hotel first and then the rest of the entertainment district. And this is going to take years, but um, uh, but they, they've got some big ideas. Uh, I don't know how many of them they can pull off or plan to pull off because that is a I mean, it's it's not a huge area, but it's a it's a reasonably si- a reasonable size area. But um, I, I like the direction of this because it's 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 at least taking what's an underused uh, area of campus and using it more. And I know people will freak out hearing that because they're going to say, well, the G10 garage, uh, I, I use it a lot because I've tailgated there. I'm not saying me, but I'm saying fans will say they've tailgated there um, for decades. And, and I understand that. And that's one of the, uh, I think, the reasonable pushbacks on this plan. But this this really started with them looking at Neyland Stadium on the south end, especially I think the, well, the southeast end. And it being a place where they were going to have to put put up uh, brick um, and it was going to cost about $30 million. And they said, hey, instead of putting up brick, why don't we actually put a structure there and maybe get some money out of it in a public-private partnership? So it, it's at least efficient. It's an idea to make money rather than just doing something that's cosmetic. Adam, when you mentioned uh, brainstorming, I, I thought about some previous leaders, administrative leaders at Tennessee, and I I laugh to myself, uh, the idea of them brainstorming or uh, pulling off a project of this nature would be very amusing. But I think it's a testament to the kind of leadership Tennessee has right now. I, I mean, past leaders couldn't have pulled it off or if they had even tried, it might have been catastrophic. I think with Donde Plowman as chancellor, Danny White AD, and of course, Randy Boyd over the whole UT system. I think this is very doable. I think it's a great thing for Tennessee. If nothing else, it sends out the message that Tennessee sports is a big deal and and everybody can see that. 
Now let's unpack these ideas because, as Adam pointed out, this is not just all going to plop down out of the sky at once. And there's sort of three different things swirling around here. There's the there's the plan for a, a boutique hotel in the Neyland area. You know, there's been talk for a while now of a a pedestrian bridge in that area. And then there's the more recently revealed entertainment district, uh, which calls for for dining. Uh, and, and entertainment and, and tailgating and the like, and that G10 garage, top level of the G10 garage area. So Adam, um, can you kind of unpack it for us a little bit and, and give us an idea further of maybe sort of where the, each of these things stand in the process? What we, you said we might see the hotel first, but how quickly, um, you know, if this comes to fruition, could we see this so-called Neyland Entertainment District, sort of the, what we know mostly, I think a little more from baseball, uh, like the ballpark style villages that you see with the Atlanta Braves, the St. Louis Cardinals, um, and, and places like that. Yeah, the hotel in the university's ten-year plan was listed as a quote-unquote near-term priority, which which generally means within the within five five years. Um, again, it depends it depends on the developers. They'll come in, they'll set a timetable, a cost, and and narrow down more of what Tennessee can do. Um, you know. The now I'll say you mentioned the pedestrian bridge. Uh, that's a city thing. Um, that Tennessee is considering that uh, of how that's going to work with this. But obviously, what the university is going to do and what the city is going to do d- don't have to align. I'll I'll touch with the brainstorming things first, and and I th- I'll probably write about this this week. But um, Tennessee looked at a number of places where these entertainment districts are done. It's mostly at pro sports, uh, pro sports stadiums. Uh, the one that I know best is the Battery. That's probably the one that Tennessee fans know the most because you have an overlap of Tennessee and Braves fans. That's sort of the entertainment district on steroids. Uh, you know, dozens of shops, uh, restaurants, sports bars. There's a movie theater there. There's a 4,000-seat uh, music venue there. Uh, it's not going to be that. Uh, Tennessee doesn't want like a, an outdoor mall on its campus. So it's not going to be that, but there's going to be little snippets of that that they're going to pull out um, that that I think you're going to see. They would like to do a restaurant. They would like to do some retail. How many shops that is, I don't know. Uh, That will be a longer term plan. And again, it depends on uh, what the developer says uh, that they can do. I've seen a lot of people freak out by uh, the fact that this is on the side of the G10 garage, which I've mentioned has been a tailgating area for years as of right now, the concept early on is a tabletop uh, retail and restaurants. In other words, at least the plan right now would be that you have that you keep the garage underneath and then you put things on top of it. Um, if I remember right, the G10 garage is I think it's like five, five, six levels. It's in like three different buildings. Essentially, they're all connected to each other. Um, but so if you're talking about five levels and you're taking off the top, you're going to lose 20 percent of the parking. I think early on, that's what the thought would be. I've heard that pushback that uh, you're going to lose that area. Well, the, the area that they get maybe for an individual won't be as good. But overall, I think it's going to be better if what they think they can build, they're going to build. Um, I've heard uh, a pushback on this uh, that you're going to lose too much parking. Um, I think the pedestrian bridge could solve some of that. If uh, the where the pedestrian bridge is going to be right now is somewhere around Thompson Bowling Arena, uh, across the river, 
there, I mean, there's a condo over there. There's some residential areas, but there's a lot of industrial area over there where they can put a parking garage. You could see that happening on down the line. And so you may have, which this is common with pro sports towns. This is common uh, in Nashville where, where I used to live um, for the Titan Stadium, the old one and what will be the new one is that you park on one side of the river and you walk across and it's fine. Um, I think that's long-term probably what you're looking at to increase parking for students and fans. And then the other pushback I've heard is it sort of loses the charm of, you know, this old school campus feel. Do you really want a, you know, a store and a restaurant and those sort of things on campus? You have some of that on campus already. And I think John can speak to this because I think you you wrote about it recently, is that you, you kind of have to move forward. Um, you know, things don't look on a campus now like they did 20, 30 years ago, and they're kind of not supposed to. I mean, if you walk over to campus right now, you'll see a robot going past you to deliver food to a student. Um, that's it. Things are going to change and things are going to either get better or worse. But this is one of the ways that a lot of places are doing to make the fan experience better. And so it's coming. A few colleges are trying this right now. Iowa State uh, is already developing a entertainment district. Um, South Carolina is in the works to transform what they have around their stadium in a similar way. And Tennessee's doing it too. It's a lot uh, more places are going to do this, not less. I think some people are going to push back against any, any change. I'm sure some fans were upset when uh, college football got away from leather helmets. So I think there will always be some of that. But the majority of people I've talked to have been very much in favor, very excited about this. So I think it'll be a good thing for Tennessee sports, a good thing for Tennessee fans. Well, John, I know in, in your column recently appearing in, in Knox News, you talked to Craig Jenkins, who it's kind of a longtime Knoxville sports businessman and, and promoter. And I thought he made a good point that the future of sports and, and this kind of might sound, sound weird to hear because it's like, wasn't it always this way? But he said the future of sports is about entertainment. And, and I thought that was it's so true. I mean, sports has always been entertainment, but it's it's about more than just the three hours of competition. Now, you have to have the entertainment factor. And as as Craig, I thought, pointed out to you in your column, John, the, that's why people like the party porch, um, you know, with, with Tennessee baseball games. You go, to, you go to MLB ballparks now, and fewer and fewer fans want to sit in their, in their box seat, um, you know, for, for a nine-inning game. You got the standing areas with the tables and the open air. Uh, you know, I went to a ball game this spring. I never made it to my seat. I, I was in the standing area and watched the whole game from, from there. Um, and, and that's, you know, we're not talking about in-stadium stuff, but I think this spills over to that. You want the entertainment experience. And, you know, John, you talked about past athletic directors Tennessee has had. Uh, I mean, even since I've been here, I'm, you know, I saw a couple of ADs have the Neyland Stadium renovation project, and that project was was always stuck in the mud. Uh, it could never get going. And I know it goes back even further than that, John, that, that you can attest to. Well, since Danny White's gotten here, uh, I think the Neyland project has accelerated, but it's it's more than just the stadium renovation. This is obviously someone who's forward thinking and has plans for where the future um, of, of not only sports, but college sports, his area of, of expertise are going. And it's not just about preserving the past anymore. I think that was sort of the, the Philip Fulmer era uh, of being Tennessee's AD. 
but now it's about sprinting toward the future. And, um, you know, once you put your longing for the past aside, I think you can see that that some positive change has has happened here in, in the last two years of Tennessee athletics. Well, Craig Jenkins was a longtime pro wrestling promoter. So he knows what works and what doesn't. And he's promoted minor league baseball, still does that as a consultant, uh, has promoted hockey. Um, so he's very aware. He's also a Tennessee fan. So he's aware of how much Tennessee, let's just use football as an example, how important that is to people, how much it matters, how much winning and losing matters. However, you can care that much about winning and losing football games and where your team is ranked and whether it's going to make the playoff. But you can follow that team on your high-def screen in your home. And and you don't need a lot of entertainment whirling around you. you. You've got all you need right there. But to get people in that stadium, you have to attract a larger group you, with varied interest. Uh, so that you got to create the idea, like when you go to a minor league baseball team game, how many people really care who wins or loses? Nobody. It's just a not it's just a party. Okay. So what you're doing here is you're combining the party with a sport and a game that matters. And it's so it's that combination that works. Tennessee's still selling plenty of season tickets, but a lot of those people might not even show up for all those games because they'd rather watch the game in their den on a high def big screen TV. But now you can attract them with more to it. You can turn it into a, a party event. And, and what I really like, one of the ideas that Adam mentioned in his story where you have uh, watch parties where Tennessee is on the road and you can bring people into this complex and you can watch the game there on big screen TVs, watch it as a group. And you, you see this other places. And uh, I think that, I think that could work very well here. Yeah, there was a uh, a family that uh, that my wife and I know real well that came down to uh, to Knoxville for the for the Tennessee Alabama game this last year. Did not have tickets. They went to uh, Vol Village, which you know they had like a projector screen there, and it's you 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 know you bring your own lawn chair or whatever and sit out there. And they stayed there for hours, watched the whole game from from there. Actually, saw the fireworks go off when the you know, when the field goal went through for Tennessee and had the time of their life. And I actually talked to Danny White about that. And he said, you know, that's that's what we're looking for. We, we want this to be, you know, more even more so of an event and something that people always uh, that are always going to go to and not just the not just the people that are buying tickets. I, I think you're probably going to see, you know, the crowd increase, which, again, may be a, a drawback for some people. Um, that people are going to come and don't go into the stadium. Um, but here's the thing. You, you'd rather have more people pushing to get to the game and be near the game than, than the opposite. And f- for anybody that thinks it, it could never go, you know, go backwards for Tennessee in that regard, uh, you know, look back just a few years. Um, it's, it, I think the fact that they're making Tennessee the the game days even more attractive for fans, I think is sort of getting ahead of the posse 
um, because attendance is declining in a lot of places, including in college football. And, um, uh, you know, I think Tennessee's just getting ahead of that. I don't think it's strategic of that they think attendance is going to drop, but they're going to make sure they're always more attractive than other places. And I think this will help. We'll see 20 years from now, your friends can say, we were there when Tennessee beat Alabama and say that and be very truthful about it. Yes, they were there. They weren't actually inside the stadium, but they were there in Knoxville watching the game with other Tennessee fans and they even, they even saw the fireworks. So, yeah. You, I, you know, the funny thing about that is, and this is a, this is a drawback to that is that, so they were watching on the projector screen, which is the TV broadcast which is like eight seconds behind. So <laughs> I think they even had a video of this. They have their back turned uh, toward the screen and they're looking toward the stadium. And when the stadium fireworks went off, you know, everybody jumped up and down and then turned their head back to the screen to watch what happened. Because <laughs> they knew Tennessee won because the fireworks went off, but they had to wait eight seconds to see why that is. Uh, so... It, it, it happens, but there is something about being at a stadium and uh, you get the roar and you get the atmosphere and you get people around you all thinking, uh, you know, uh, rooting for or against teams in, in a like manner. There's something to that, whether it's a watch party of a road game or or just being at home near the action. And and that that's what they're looking for. I mean, I, I've been to uh, you guys know my, my wife has the uh, box check of going to all the Major League Baseball stadiums. We're like in the mid-20s, I think now, or she is. I haven't been to all of them. Um, but first thing I do when I go to a stadium, and sometimes it's watching the Braves, which is her team, um, I want to know, is there a Hall of Fame in the stadium? If there is, I'm going to go look at that. I want to know what the food is. I'm going to go see all the food options. Like Blake said, I, I'm probably going to stand up more than I'm going to sit down. I'm going to walk around. I want to see the area. If there's an area, an entertainment district around that stadium, I'm getting there probably an hour or two earlier than I would otherwise. And I'm spending more money, which is what it comes down to. And that's what college football is going to go to as much as it can. And so Tennessee's getting ahead of that. Yeah, this kind of accomplishes two goals, right? It, if and when it comes to fruition, it, it, it enhances entertainment. And there's there's the revenue piece of, of this as as well. Um, so what's the next step for this, Adam? Like like we said, this is not going to fall out of the sky and and come fall. There's not going to be a, a restaurant and and retail atop the G10 parking garage. What are the next steps uh, to where we go from talking about this on a podcast and Tennessee putting it out there and in a press release to where you start to see some action toward making this uh, a reality beyond beyond the press release. They'll get a they'll get a developer. Uh, they'll get an architect. Uh, once they get that, then they will release renderings of what they're looking to do. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if when they do release renderings, and this is months and months from now. Maybe I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if it's a year from now. Uh, they release renderings, and it, I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if there are phases like we're talking about that. There's a hotel phase, and then there's a retail restaurant phase, and uh, and then after you do that, then you start to get into specifics, which is again multiple years down the road of where you're announcing who those are. Who's the hotel? Is it is a Nash? Is it a Nashland? Is it um, you know? Is it associated with any VFL or anything like that? 
um, who are the retails, uh, re uh, the retail stores, who are the restaurants. Then, then you start to get into that where maybe you have a bidding process and, you know, this could become interesting because, I mean, all three of us can think of brands that could, should, and maybe will be associated with Tennessee uh, in that. I think there would be some attractive uh, partnerships that they could make. Um, so that, 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 that would be about three or four uh, stages on down the line. But the next one is them finding out um, what's doable within their concepts. Um, I know, you know, I mentioned the battery they've looked at. I know they looked at, um, it's the area outside of uh, Wrigleyville, uh, Wrigley Field, which is uh, more of a, like a turf area. It's, it looks like a park, an artificial park where you can sit and do watch parties, that sort of thing. But it also has some shops and a restaurant there. Um, in terms of the hotel, they actually looked at the one that was in the uh, what used to be the Sky Dome in Toronto. Uh, I think it's called the Rogers Center now, but it's the it's the uh, Toronto Blue Jays um, stadium where there's a hotel in the outfield. And uh, it's pretty cool if you ever see one of these videos or on Twitter, you can see them on YouTube. People walk into the room and walk to the balcony and they're in center field and you can watch a game from there. Now, th that's a that's a that's a concept within Tennessee's brainstorming that, Hey, you know, sort of a, what if maybe what, what if that could happen? Well, you would have to have this boutique hotel, which means it'll be smaller. You'll have to have this boutique hotel go from the G10 parking lot site up over the, the side of Neyland stadium to have a view into the stadium. Is that doable? Maybe, you know, it depends on how tall that hotel is. Um, we might not be talking I mean, boutique at that point. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Uh, boutique is usually, I think, like under a hundred rooms. So if you're stacking one room on top of the other and going to the going to the <laughs> sky, maybe that's the, the case. Again, I don't want anybody to to think that's exactly what they're doing, but that's one of the concepts that they actually looked at. Um, they just have a whole lot of ideas. This is UT. This is also some key donors that I think more have just had brainstorming sessions where they, like I've said, they said, "Well, what if this and what if that." Once they get a developer, they're going to have more concrete ideas of if some of these things are feasible or if they're just uh, just pipe dreams. I mean, my initial thought of hotel is not something that goes up over Neyland Stadium to where, a, you know, a penthouse can look down into the game. Um, my thought is more the allure to the hotel would be the proximity to the game that, you know, you could you could you could go in and watch the game, but you could also go back to your room. Um, to me, I also, and I've been at places like this before, where you have a hotel that has sort of a sky bridge into into a stadium. That's my concept. That's not Tennessee's, but <laughs> you, you know, if you look around enough, you can find a lot of iterations of of hotels besides stadiums at work. Most of them just aren't in college football. Yeah, I remember, and I mentioned this in a column that the first time I covered a New Orleans Saints game was in the Superdome. And I stayed the night before in the Hyatt Regency Hotel, which is adjoining uh, practically. There's a pedestrian bridge over to the second floor of the stadium. And I just thought that was an incredible thing. I mean, you don't have to you don't have to worry about parking, anything. You're already parked. There's nothing, uh, no game day traffic. It was just so convenient. And the hotel was really ahead of its time uh, because it had some shops, high-end shops there. It had a... Uh, it had a very popular restaurant bar that included a small dance floor there and dancing goes over big in Louisiana. So it, it was quite a show quite made quite an impression on me in the late seventies. 
What what do you guys think of let's fast forward to 2028, the first year that hotels open and Nick Saban is announcing this is my last season coaching and Nick Saban is then coming to Neyland for his last game at Tennessee. How much is the the penthouse room of that hotel? Minimum three nights, of course, for game week. Friday <laughs> night, Saturday night, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. What do, do you have? A, do you have a view of the field or no? Are we are we talking about this eye in the sky view of the field? Yeah, let's say let's say that that top floor. Uh, you you've got a, you've got a party deck on top of that hotel. How much is that room on the top of the top floor? Three nights, mm, twenty five grand. I don't know. Yeah. Is it, is it it's kind of just a wild out of the hat number? If, I mean, it would be an enormous number, right? Yeah. What about when Texas comes to Tennessee and you have guys flying in from? I think uh, Matthew McConaughey is already he's already snapped up. He's the already penthouse. booked it. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He Matthew McConaughey already has a condo in the area just by the chance that t- uh, <laughs> Texas might one day play there, and he will have his own condo. What I like about this, guys, uh, beyond the hotel, like the the idea of the the party area on G10. When I think about that that area for Tennessee, you know, you have Thompson Bowling, which some Tennessee fans may not agree with this, but from the outside at least, is an eyesore. It's this giant tan colored building. If you didn't know it was a basketball gym, you really wouldn't know what it is. Like, what's this huge brown shed? Um, it's a, ba- a warehouse. Yeah, it's a it's a big brown warehouse. Uh, they store Amazon goods in there or something. And then you have Neyland. And I think to experience Neyland, once you're on the inside, it's it's quite an experience, of course. But I think it's hard to really, from any one spot, to kind of take in Neyland. It's not like Alabama where you're walking up to Bryant-Denny Stadium and you can sort of see it you know, from a mile away as you're walking up to it. Um, it's sort of hard to take in Neyland. And I, th- I think the coolest part of that area is the riverfront, the Vol Navy, the tailgating uh, on the river. It's such a cool scene. And it's like, look away from that, that brown warehouse that, that, that's a basketball arena disguising as an Amazon warehouse. Um, and look toward the riverfront. You get this G10 area, you're elevated, right? I think that's going to be kind of a cool, cool view. Um, and you can take in maybe some of the, the splendor of, of that area, the riverfront, the, the Vol Navy, the tailgating out on the water, I think it could give you a good view and, and take your eye away from maybe what I consider a little more of the eyesores in the area. Yeah, when I talked to uh, to Danny White the other day, the UTAD, about this, um, he he said he he would go jogging on that uh, that greenway path there beside the river, and when he would do that, he would look up at uh, you know at Thompson Bowling Arena and Neyland and the parking lot there, and lo- then look to the other side and see the river. And sort of have this thought that this number one, this is underutilized, and number two, this is not connected as well as it could be. And I think that I, I completely agree with that observation because, um, and, and that, yeah, that's a cool natural part of the setting. The river is uh, that you just you cannot get m- many other places, and the Vol Navy will will remain. There's nothing that they're not going to drain the river. You're still going to have the Vol, <laughs> Vol Navy there. <laughs> And you're still going to have docks there and all that, um, but it, it it needs a pedestrian bridge. I think that's always cool because then people get to more enjoy it. It's more, uh, it's just, it, it. you can experience it more if you're going over it. You can experience more if you're beside it. I think a lot of times now, 
people view the river as almost disconnected from game day if you're not involved navy because it's more something you have to walk alongside from parking that's you know a couple miles away to get there um or it's something that's not necessarily in your view unless you're at g10 parking um so th they need to connect those better and i think you can do that and still keep the charm of the area i think right now the charm of the area seems too distant from uh the river is from uh from Neyland. I think, I think anything to connect those, uh, I think makes a lot of sense. I like the idea of the pedestrian bridge, uh, it's Sanford stadium in, in Athens. You can, you have all those people crowded on that bridge over by the stadium, uh, just milling around there. I remember one year coming in, going toward press parking and looking over there and there was former Tennessee basketball coach, Bruce Pearl, right, right in the middle of this, uh, you know, of, of all these fans and he was in his element having a good time. I think it adds something. Yeah. And, and I'll have to admit here, I don't know the particulars of how a public private partnership would work, uh, monetarily for Tennessee. Um, I know one thing, if Danny White's involved and if Tennessee's involved, they're not doing anything where they're going to lose money. This is, this needs to be a revenue stream. I know they've said, this is the first priority is a fan experience. And I understand that. And you can see that in how they're, they're laying out some of the preliminary plans, but this needs to be some revenue stream. I don't know how that partnership puts money in the pocket of Tennessee. I don't know if they know for sure yet, because you're, you're talking about, you know, leasing property or uh, leasing an area. It's, you know, all of what we're talking about is on campus. Are you sharing in some of the revenue? Um, you know, one thing Danny White has talked about is that he wants to use, that area more year round right now it's like seven maybe eight home games um and the, you know it's a hundred thousand seat stadium and it's only used a few a few days out of the, out of the fall and uh, that's what everybody around the country is trying to do figure out how to use their stadium a little more of a year-round basis you have concerts right now in thompson bowling arena uh but the last concert at needland was uh was like four years ago garth brooks and before that, it was like four or five years before that, and then 10 years before that. It's just not a concert venue that's been used. Certainly could be. And if you're putting a, a hotel there, you'll be able to you'll be able to charge enormous prices, even in a boutique hotel. If you've got a restaurant and some shops there, you're gonna get revenue from that. Um, you're gonna keep people around longer if you have uh, more of a more of a uh, sort of a public area there where people can mill around and stay longer. And, you know, it, it helps the fact that the place that they're putting this at is between Thompson Bowling and Neyland. So it's sort of a natural thing to, to mill around between the two venues. All right. Well, in the weeks to come, Adam is going to become an expert in public-private partnerships. And I know he's going to have uh, continuing coverage of this in, in the uh, weeks and months and, and maybe years to, to come. This is a, obviously a long-term deal, but uh, the wheels are in motion and uh, Tennessee is gathering momentum for not only this hotel, uh, but the entertainment district plans in that G10 garage area. You'll be able to find all the coverage of that project over at knoxnews.com. And we will be back with you sometime soon here on the Volunteer State. Thanks for listening.